This is an episode from Twig's Stressless series for getting through wildfires and other natural disasters. You can find all the episodes at liberationispossible.org backslash stressless. Here are some stressless options, and, and this is me, I'm Twig. The, there are known things that aren't sophisticated in the sense of like anybody can do these things. But they're known for helping people to feel better after dangerous experiences. The primary one known the world over is that people come together. You spend time with other people if you can. Now, in this valley, and I'm one of them, I live at the end of the road, you know, some of us are real recluses. We're real, like, you know, we we kind of prefer our own company or, or have been challenged by other people's company or for whatever reason, we don't take the company of other people very easily or consistently, or it's not our first nature to do. On the other hand, this is a very community-oriented valley where it's very easy to see people like to be with one another. Wherever you are on this spectrum, you like to be with people, you like to be alone, it should be known that the nervous system, the human nervous system, is a social nervous system. And our biggest signal of safety comes from other people in our proximity who are sharing the expressions that go along with safety. What did I just say? Well, I just said that if you're hanging out and in a group of people and everybody is talking about the danger at hand, what we're all doing for one another is helping each other stay inside the stress response. On the other hand, if I'm up in the mountains by myself, I might be safer and I might not be challenged by other people. At the same time, I am less likely to get some very specific signals that are kind of integral to being human that say, hey, I'm not in so much danger because these other people around me are signaling more safety. That is, if, if you're able to be around people who are doing that. So what, do, what does that look like? Well, when you're hanging out with people, talking about the danger is a good way to help the danger stay alive inside of that group of people. If, however, you seek out the company of others and you're able to, you know, sure, it's part of the, it's a topical concern and it's there's lots of interesting conversation inside of it and if we are talking about the dangers at hand good for us all to be talking about the things that we're positively doing in order to feel better or the things that we already did in order to get through the danger so that at least some of the conversation if not a majority of the conversation is focused more on the positive moving back towards safety side rather than the reiteration of the danger side, which I'll just point out, the nervous system doesn't care. It doesn't care if you're thinking about it or if the thing is actually happening. Both ways trigger the nervous system back up into the stress response. So if you're trying to get out of it and therefore trying to hang out with other people in order to feel better, feel calmer, get some of that message, hey, I must not be in so much danger if all these other people around me are sitting here laughing with me. If that's the case, Let's make sure that those gatherings aren't just about the danger, but are also about just the goodness of living in this valley, or the goodness of being around one another again, or even the goodness of hearing that that's what you did in order to get back to safety when that danger came your way. People nearby does this. 
it makes it so you don't have to track the environment to determine if you're safe or not. What's that mean? Well, like one thing, if you're walking alone at night in a park that you think, oh, maybe this isn't the safest place. If you're alone, you're very likely to be apprehensive looking, you know, every little sound that you might hear. However, if you're walking in a group of people that you feel safe with, you might be in the same park, it's the same night, it's the same conditions, except that because you also have other people who are also tracking the environment, you have to do that a lot less. And by having to do that a lot less, your body can actually stay a lot calmer and you can, in fact, enjoy the walk through this park that in another opportunity, another option, another time, you might feel, ooh, this is not such a safe place. This is the same thing coming out of the stress response for us. When we're around other people, we don't have to track the wind so much. We don't have to track the new sounds so much. We don't have to track, is my place, is my situation safe or dangerous? When there are other people around, that responsibility for noticing relative safety and danger can be spread out with more people. The more that is spread out, the safer that we can feel inside of that. So as much as I appreciate the desire to kind of do it alone, this is a really good place to recognize that if you have it in you, it's a good idea to spend a little bit or a lot of time with other people. And if you are spending time with other people, really good to have at least some, if not in my recommendation, a majority of the conversation be around either the positive things that have been being done in order to make things be better, or to just turn the conversation toward other things that are known to be of positive and of interest to the group at hand, rather than a complete repetitive reiteration on the danger. What else? Well, same goes with your own thinking. Now, this comment about the stress response not caring if the thing is actually happening or if it's just an internal signal coming from your own thinking is entirely true. We can have a flashback. We've heard about those, and some of us have known them for a long time. We can have a flashback, an image in our mind, and it's just as if the thing is happening as far as what happens in our bodies. Our hearts will race, and our breath will go faster, and, and we'll feel feared, and all of these kind of things will happen precisely because the nervous system doesn't care if the signal of danger is from inside or from outside. Consequently, if you're spending a lot of time thinking about the situation, even when there is not much more thinking that you can do that will be productive, it's probably a good time to lean your focus of attention a little bit in a direction that might be more settling or more calming or not quite so distressing. If you've enjoyed baking bread in the past, I'd recommend baking some bread. If you've enjoyed weeding your garden just as a place to settle down and enjoy yourself, go back to that, even if it really doesn't need to be done, or even if it doesn't seem as important as other things. If, of course, you have important safety-oriented things that need to be done, they will need to be done, and they should be done first. And once you're in the place of, I'm not as in such an immediate danger as I once was, or I was when all of this started, once that happens, good to make sure that some of your focus has an opportunity not to focus on stress and danger. So 
whenever you can give your internal system, your body, a signal of comfort, a signal of safety, whenever you can give your mind a rest from thinking about the fires and the news and the winds and whatever else might come, the better. You could do that by checking out other stories. You could do that by referencing other things that occupy your attention that you've enjoyed doing. And you could do that by physically doing something that requires your attention Otherwise, you'll get hurt. What do I mean by that? Well, you could, you know, you could go for a walk in the river. And just because you have to concentrate on the next step that you're going to take in the river, you can give your own, you know, mind a little bit of a break from the danger that's been kind of consuming your thoughts. What else could you do? Well, you could you could do some body care. You could do some self-care for yourself. Like, you know, some people are just going to be like, "Well, why would I do that?" True. You know, some of us don't don't get into this. And if you like comfort, this is a good time to move towards some comfort. If you've got a special blanket, a special couch, special place to sit in the grass, you've got a special pair of jeans, whatever it is, you have something in your life that brings you comfort, physical comfort, this would be a good time to try to return to that. Now, do you have to do that as a proxy because you don't have those things now? Could happen. Could be that you're in a situation that the only way to get to that comfort is to make it new again, to find a new source of it, to reference it as a memory. Any of those things you might need to do and as as challenging and as as seemingly un unparsimonious or un, un un unbalanced as it might seem that if you've if you're dealing with great loss and I'm telling you to find a comfortable couch to curl up in and rest for 20 minutes could seem ridiculous and yes that could be a very important thing to do on a regular basis so that you're feeding back into your body, into your nervous system, that it is not all the same. It is not all just danger. There is a comfort option as well so that once you are out of the immediate danger that you might find yourself in now, you will find an easier time of coming out of that danger as you go. Body care, massage your feet, wear your favorite clothes, these kind of things, all really good. Eating, oh my goodness, I know. It's so hard to eat when you're stressed and and just even harder to digest. And if you find that you haven't been eating, wow, got to do it. Got to do it. Got to get some not only calories, but got to get some nutrition Got to be able to give some fuel to all of the fight that's happening inside of our bodies right now. If you're finding that it's very hard to eat all at once, like a meal, try and break it down into much smaller pieces. Have a little bit of food, take some time. Have a little bit more food, take some time. I'm going to say this is really not easy for some of us. On the other hand, some of us, like all we can do is eat. And eating is the thing that calms us down for this. Totally true. Totally do it. I'm I'm all for it. That's a little bit of comfort. That's a little bit of goodness you got right now. I'd say go for it. At the same time, if you find that you're just 
you know, binge eating or finding that you're eating too much, this might be a time to figure out whether or not gum gives you a little bit of the opportunity to chew, which is actually part of what calms the nervous system down is that chewing action. And while the heaviness in the belly is the primary thing that quiets the nervous system when we eat a lot of food, sometimes chewing, chewing gum as an example, or biting an apple, chewing into a crisp hard apple if you can get a hold of some of those, uh, any of this kind of action with the jaw could be an opportunity for you to kind of get some of the sation or the experience of the chewing, but maybe without taking in so many of the calories if that's become a concern for you. Eating, sleeping, sleeping. Oh my goodness. You know, it can be so hard to get back to sleep if you've had a number of nights where to sleep meant that it was terribly dangerous for you. So that many of us, especially as the fires get close, have a hard time sleeping because the the need is to be on watch to make sure that the danger isn't going to come while we're sleeping. That The longer that goes, the harder it is to get out of that. And we often start to fall asleep and startle awake and start to fall asleep and startle awake again. And that pattern of starting to fall asleep and startling awake can be challenging. It can be really challenging and important to try to get past. How could you get past it? Well, one way to do that is to have somebody nearby who's patient enough. They don't have to accept and like the fact that you're doing this, but they have to be patient enough to let you go down, come up, go down, come up, go down, come up until your nervous system starts to get the message that it's not that dangerous anymore. Next, setting up your bed to be just as comfortable as possible so that when you get to go back down, it's as easy to get into that sleep, that resting rhythm as possible. Next, take your rest whenever you can find it. You know, it's like at this point, if you're actively in the stress response and still having a very hard time sleeping, there are probably other times of the day that you're getting little hits of like, oh gosh, I really just need 10 minutes. Now, the fear, of course, becomes to the body, the nervous system, even the psyche, the thoughts that, oh, if I if I take that 10 minutes, I'll never get up. Like I'll, I'll sleep for two days. And that might be true, except that it probably won't be because it'll be the middle of the day and you got other things to do and and something is going to wake you up if nothing else just your own nervous system saying oh I got to do up more stuff if you can let down whenever you can let down if you have not been able to do that best to let that come and go with it whenever you can movement you know, a lot of us at this point have just, we've moved too much and now we're just exhausted. And so the rest is much more the importance. However, at the same time, having the stress response go, like having it ramped up, but not having an outlet for movement, not having an outlet for action, that's a really good way or really unfortunate way for the nervous system to kind of ramp up the energy, not have an opportunity to execute it and then get stuck. So to avoid that, doing things that you can do is a very good idea. Um, When the fire was around my house, that sometimes meant that all I could do was walk in circles. And I was walking in circles. The idea was that rather than just sit here unable to do anything else, but have all of this energy that tells me I need to move, even though I'm so exhausted I can't move very much, 
I could at least walk in circles. And once I discovered that I could walk in circles, I would walk in circles just as an opportunity to give my motor system, my physical movement system of my body, an opportunity to use some of the energy, not as a way to exhaust the energy, but as a way to help it so that my nervous system isn't creating information and instruction that tells me to do stuff, but then not doing any of it. So if you have some sense, oh, I'm agitated. Oh, I need to do something. Please do something. Even if it is banal, even if it is simple, even if it is not very effectual, even if it is simply you moving your body from one side of the room to the other, concentrating on just the the process of moving rather than the thought, I can't do any more than this. Instead, giving your attention over to, I am doing what I can do given this situation. Good to let yourself move. Good to let yourself do something. Finally, on the, on the subject of just very basic things, like remember to eat, remember to sleep, remember to be with people that you like, and even people that you don't know, but people that are signaling, hey, you know, it's okay here. All of these things, basic, don't mean to be an idiot and pedantic, but definitely to say, hey, look, these are worth your time and attention. The last thing I'll say is, it's worth your time to do the thing that you like to do. It's worth your time to get back out on the river and go fishing for a few hours. It's worth your time to take a hike up on the hill. It's worth your time to go for a little run. It's worth your time to go into the kitchen and make one of your favorite dishes. It's a good time to get out your scrapbook and just flip through a few of the pages. It's a good time to do the thing that you like to do. I know you don't have much time for it. Nobody does right now. Nobody has time to invest fully in any of the pleasurable things that they like to do. And it's a good idea, it's a good time to to contact those things, to touch them, to, to, to weave them even a little bit at a time back into your life so that you get both some benefit from all of the investment that you've made in those positive, valuable things before and so that you'll have an easier time making the integration out of this concentrated focus attention into a more open, pleasurable, I like to do these other things too kind of attention. So yes, it can feel kind of banal. It can feel stupid. It can feel un, uh, unimportant given the scale and scope of loss and challenge and threat that exists around us. And a good time to remember who you are and the things that you do in order to remind yourself that you have things that you like to do and that you have found to be valuable in your life. Returning to your church or visiting with some of the people that you have there, having another potluck, any of these kind of things, do it because you want to keep a hold of who you are. You are not the stress response. You are not going to be stuck here forever. This is a temporary experience. It's lasting longer than any of us want. It's going to last longer than any of us wish it would. And none of us are going to have to continue to live with this forever. So keep track of who you are and bring in some of that goodness as you go along here. Those are all little classic stress-less options. Hang around people, 
Spend time feeling comfort or getting some comfort for your body. Spend time looking around the world that you're in. Visit with the things that have been valuable to you in the past. Basics, important. Let's stress less.